0: Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This time of year, I absolutely love the great flavor and blood sugar stabilizing benefits of Organifi Gold Pumpkin Spice Blend. This adaptogenic mix combines 4,000 years of Ayurvedic wisdom with the autumn taste you know and love. It has medicinal mushrooms, restorative herbs, and nostalgic spices that work in synergy to calm your nervous system, replenish antioxidants, and curb nighttime cravings. Some of my favorite ingredients in this include organic turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, clove, lemon balm, turkey tail, and reishi mushrooms. These clinically studied organic ingredients have been shown to help promote calmness and relaxation, They support good digestion, they stabilize your blood sugar, they stop cravings, and they promote restful sleep. It's also flavored with monk fruit, which is an all-natural sweetening agent that does not impact your blood sugar, and it's very low-carb and keto-friendly. It's also certified organic, glyphosate residue-free, dairy and soy-free, and vegan. The Organifi Gold's Pumpkin Spice Mix is a limited edition autumn favorite, but you can also subscribe to get this product all year round if you like. Simply go to organifi.com forward slash jockers and use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to receive 20% off your order. That's O R G A N I F I dot com backslash jockers to receive 20% off your order today. You guys are going to love this mix. I basically take a scoop and I put it in coconut milk, and you can have it either cold or warm, depending on what you're looking for. It tastes amazing. It's got all these herbs, really helps relax you, calm you, helps reduces nighttime cravings. I always have this in the evening right after dinner to help kind of relax my stomach, improve my digestion, stabilize my blood sugar, and take away any sort of cravings and help promote restful sleep. And you can try it too. Again, go to Organifi.com forward slash Jockers. Use the coupon code Jockers at checkout to save 20% today. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You know, I get so many questions about women's health. We're going to really dive into that in today's podcast. We're going to go through what you should be doing nutrition, exercise-wise As you transition through the different stages of, you know, being young and fertile, and then going into perimenopause and menopause as your hormones change, what you should be doing through these stages to really optimize your health. And so our guest is Tanya Fines, and she is a mom of three amazing children. She's also a former international competitive figure athlete. She represented both Canada and New Zealand and placed fifth in the NAC Worlds in 2015. She's a board-certified holistic health practitioner with the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. She has 25-plus years experience working in the health, fitness, and wellness industry as a coach, nutrition counselor, and holistic practitioner. And she's also a member of Team Critical Bench in Clearwater, Florida. And she's the co-host of the Strong by Design podcast, another great podcast, guys, to check out the Strong by Design podcast. And she's a creator of Firm and Tight the Menopause Rescue Protocol, which we're going to talk more about, and also the co-creator of Unlock Your Spine. So, Tanya, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here.
0: Yes, for sure. And so let's talk about your journey, how you became a fitness athlete, ah, and okay. how you really got into holistic health.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, I've, I've always been... Um, that kind of thing always resonated with me. Like, I was always that weird little girl that was like picking weeds and wondering what they did and stuff like that. So, yeah. I've always been very interested in nutrition and food. Uh, I've always been very active. I w- grew up in a very sport, like, uh, very competitive and sports minded family. So, it was just kind of by default that that happened. Um, as far as becoming a women's fitness competitor, though, that, ser- that was never really on my radar. I was always active in the gym, active doing things, but I was more sports minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my late thirties, I, um, herniated two discs in my back and at the, when it happened, we really didn't know what happened. I just woke up one morning and I literally could hardly move. It, I could uh, turning my neck. I was just it was excruciating. So, there began a very long process to figure out what was wrong with me and then what to do. And I was adamant I wasn't going to have surgery. Pretty much any specialist I saw wanted to cut in right away. And I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm too young. I'm too fit. There has to be something else going on. So, to make a really long story short, found out that it was herniated disc. And I actually ended up. Um, I was living in Canada at the time, and I ended up getting in to see a neuro. Uh, Specialist, and when he walked in, he looked all of about sixteen years old. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but he um, he actually said, "I there's I'm not going to touch you at all. I don't want to do surgery." And he said, "You know, are you active or have you ever been active at lifting and and working out?" And I said, "Well, yes." And he said, "Get back to that. Just slowly start getting back to that." And I did, and you know, within a month, I just felt incredible. Just I, my focus in the gym shifted, you know, I had like intention and I just, it just, things kind of just snowballed It gained momentum. And I started to respond really quick. So then I started looking at nutrition and how, you know, what was the best nutrition to feed myself, to keep getting these results. And one thing led to another. And I thought I need to have a goal. I'm somebody that needs a goal because otherwise I, I kind of start to get a little bored. So I have to keep increasing the intensity and one of the coaches at the gym that was working at the gym I trained at said, you know, you should consider doing a competition. At first I thought, there's no way, there's no way, but I needed the goal and I did it. And the rest is history. I just, I got kind of hooked into that. I have an intense mindset. So every time I did a competition, it was like, okay, what, and what I loved most of all was that I was in competition with myself. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to be like, okay, what's my next goal? Where do I want to be for the next one? And that's what I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so many women are intimidated by strength training and resistance Mm. training, right? So how important is that for a woman's body and how do they overcome that kind of mental hurdle?
1: Well, that's the thing. It is a mental hurdle. It's really a a mindset. It's a consciousness. It's a way of thinking. It's a belief system. And that is the biggest, it it is a big hurdle. And um, women do tend to get uh, feel like overwhelmed or they get scared it's a fear mindset too that well if i if i start moving heavy things i'm going to look like a man and i wish that somehow we we could just so quickly eradicate that i think we're getting better because i think now like even though social media still inundates us with these really like unattainable kind of images and stuff it does though it is showing us that strong and muscle is sexy and beautiful and feminine so i think we're getting there i think we're getting there but Apart from the aesthetic look, the health benefits in terms of just having a strong body. Because I will always say to clients, you know, getting older doesn't mean getting old. It doesn't have to mean getting old. Um, and what we're doing now, it's like a bank account. The investing that we're doing now in our body has such tremendous payoff for quality of life and longevity and the ability to move confidently and safely in our environment while reducing risk of injury. I mean, it's so it's so huge. So building that strength is not only going to to look really great and feminine, it's going to stay with you to keep you strong and healthy. And we start talk about things like bone density and just even um, cognitive function and ability. It's just so important because this vessel was meant to move.
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure. And you really get more, you get more benefit from resistance training for the time you put into it than you would from cardiovascular training as well. In my opinion, I think both, both can be great but uh, resistance training really offers a lot of great benefits. And like you said, I mean, women, you're not, unless you're, you're, you know, injecting testosterone, you're really, you don't have the testosterone levels that a man does. So you're not going to get, you're not going to develop that sort of bulky type of, uh, type of look. Now, what are the tips that you give women as they get started with resistance training?
1: Um, Well, I, number one is to especially if it's really new for them, I do recommend, you know, getting a coach. Like I was a coach. I've been a coach for years, but I had a coach. If I didn't believe in the coaching industry, I wouldn't be doing it. And even coaches, really good coaches have coaches of their own. They need the accountability. So for a woman that comes in and she's like, she's kind of testing the waters and thinking, okay, I'll give this a try. I do recommend get a coach, get somebody that's going to sit down and, and ask you about your goals and work with you to come up with a plan to get you there. Um, You know, that's number one. I also make it uh, very, um, I'm very transparent as far as your nutrition plays a lot into this. And I, cause I sometimes that there's that connection there where I think women can get caught up in the cardio part. Like I know a lot of women that their, their cardio endurance is absolutely through the roof and yet they're still not happy with how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, t- you know, I tie in nutrition and tracking, like actually write down, like write down your goals, write down your progress. Because I think when we start to see that and acknowledge it and celebrate it, it becomes that inspiration because motivation mm-hmm. motivation's great, but it can be very short-lived. You can be motivated this morning and then by noon, you're just not motivated <laughs> anymore. So, yeah. um, finding out what those, um, what, you know, that those inspiring things that keep you going. So, you know, getting a coach, formulating a realistic plan, being very real as far as your schedule, What what's the commitment you're willing to put in? Because there's no point in sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to go four days a week. When you look at your schedule, no darn well, that's not going to happen between a job and children and volunteer work. So it has to be very real, realistic and attainable so that you stick with it because it's the consistency that yields the results ultimately.
0: Right. That's a great tip. It's not you being gung ho and aggressive in the beginning. It's really your consistency over time. That's the most Mm -hmm. important thing. Now, what are some of the nutrition principles that you have learned over the years and how has that kind of changed and evolved? What are you practicing now when when it comes to your nutrition?
1: Um, well, it's um, uh, it's a great question because nutrition, like anything, does change with us. Um, the way what my body needed in, tw- in my 20s when I was wanting yeah. to start a family and, you know, looking at pregnancy and childbirth and all of those things, very different than where I'm at now at my life. I, A, I don't need that amount of food. B, I really don't have that kind of appetite anymore either. So it's the nutrition nutrition as far as evolution or how it's changed for me, it comes down to what are you doing right now in your life Mm -hmm. and how do you feel your body to maximize all of that? So, you know, for somebody that works in health and fitness, to be very honest, like I still, I do, I work out, but I like to do things. I like to hike and bike and surf and all of that stuff. But really uh, looking at the big picture, I'm way more sedentary than I've ever been because a large amount of my job in health and fitness now is creating content and working with people and getting things out there. So I have to be very mindful of getting up and and moving with intention. Um, But it's where you at now? in your life? What are the things that you're doing and how do you feed your body in the best way possible to make all, so that you're kind of operating at peak level as much as, as you can. So if you're a young woman in her twenties and you're starting a family and you're very active, there are certain you know foods or certain nutrition principles you need to follow. I've, I'm a huge believer in, I don't believe in restriction to the point that life is boring. I mean, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I'd probably have like a little bistro and I'd be making people very happy with food. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think it's really important to you know, look at Whole Foods. I, you know, I realize that people are very busy, so there's a lot of convenience foods that can make it easy, and I understand that. You know, I understand if you're burning the candle at both ends and running, you crazy like just life this chaos. That can be very appealing, but. I think if people pause and actually take a moment and realize, well, here's one or two days a week that I can kind of do some prepping, like bake a, you know, do a, a, a batch of chicken breast or make a big pot of homemade soup or whatever that is. You have meals throughout the week that allow you to still eat well, feed your body with whole healthy foods. Um, I'm a big uh, pr- um, advocate for fats. I think fats are something that are under-consumed. Yeah. Um, healthy fats. I think people are still, I think there's still a fear mindset with fat. They're either fearful or they're going, they're taking keto and kind of maybe doing it. Like they don't understand it well enough that they're over consuming. So I think fats are very important. Um, and again, I think tracking, not in terms of a prison sentence tracking, but yeah. I, I think there's a lot of unconscious eating that happens mm. in our life. So
0: yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Emotional eating, a lot of things like that. Yes. Yep. Yes.
1: And so again, I think we're always like, we can talk about fitness and like world well, nutrition because I, I love the topic of nutrition. We can talk mm-hmm. about nutrition, all the principles and, and things that, you know, a person can be doing to optimize their health and wellness. Yet there's come with that. There is so much um, emotional baggage or trauma or fear mindsets that have such a huge impact that you're constantly really working with both of them with people.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the top foods that women should be looking to get into their diet?
1: I think um, I would say definitely, ladies, start consuming. If you're not, look at healthy fats, mm-hmm. you know, avocados, even really good cuts of of meat. Like, you know, I I enjoy yeah. red meat. Um, and sure. I, because of my iron levels, it's something that I, I don't really like to supplement a lot. So yeah. I like to get my supplementation through food because I love food. So, yeah. um, I, you know, really healthy cuts of meat, things like avocados, the oils that you cook with um, avocado oil, coconut oil, mm-hmm. um, nuts, and seeds. I, these are things that are easily available and easy to incorporate into a diet in a way that's really awesome and delicious. So definitely the fats, fiber. I also think people are are largely, we're not getting enough fiber. And Mm -hmm. particularly when a client sits down in front of me and she's like, I just can't lose the weight. And so we kind of start looking at the food and I'm like, you know, overall your eating's pretty good. We need to get you moving, but your fiber intake is seriously low. So Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with weight loss, how much fiber are you getting? Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, and, and then just really looking at whole like fruits, vegetables, like whole foods. Um, mm-hmm. I do like to eat in season. There's a couple of reasons. One, it usually is is cheaper, more economical to eat in season, um, as as well as when you're eating in season, I think our body just works with that because we're living in our environment, we're moving and, and, uh, growing and doing things in our environment. So I think what's available seasonally in our area, I think it's just the synchronicity mm-hmm. that the body and what's available works really well together. And I think our body actually has the ability to absorb even more, um, from those foods in, in those seasons.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, were you doing anything unique when you were training for your fitness competitions from a nutrition perspective?
1: Yeah, no, that's a very, that's a very different. That's um mm-hmm. that has, I mean, definitely it still involves your health and wellness. Yeah. But when you're eating to get on stage, especially those last few months, mm-hmm. there, I mean, the reality is it's very restrictive. It's not a lot of fun. Right. There's not a lot of color <laughs> um, because you're trying to cut body fat as much mm. as possible for a very specific time. Now going into that, I had a healthy mindset and a healthy relationship with food. Otherwise I never would have in a million years done it because right, right. that kind of training can certainly be a trigger mm. for someone that struggles with healthy relationships with food. So training for fitness competition, you know, lots of protein, um, I wasn't too restrictive on carbs. I mean, at towards the end, yes, um, depending where I was at in the leaning out process. But um, I also you know, living in New Zealand, I was outside all the time and so very active. I I needed wow. those carbs. Plus I was running a business. So my brain needed fat and carbs yep. too, as well to sure. function. So it was very restrictive. Calories were low, but I, I was making sure I was including high volume foods. So like kales and mm-hmm. spinaches, um, you know, the meats I was getting, you know, in one meal, the amount of, uh, you know, volume for what I had on my plate was huge that I never really felt Like I was starving to death. Felt more satiated. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Well, let's talk a little bit about, like, obviously you had this spinal injury where you had these degenerative discs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you created now this Align Your Spine program. Let's talk a little bit about that and um, what that entails.
1: Well, this is the Spinal line program is a very... How do I put it? Like, well, it's definitely non-invasive. It's something yeah. that anybody, anybody can do. Of course, we always recommend, depending what your situation is, what you're dealing with, you always want to check with your physio, your doctors, just to make sure that you know you might want to sit down and go, I've got this program. Here's the exercises. You know, I feel like I'm there. Is there anything you see here that maybe I shouldn't do? So that's always number one. But really, what it is, it's a sequential flow of very mild movements that are meant to help realign your spine to its natural S-curve. Because when we're, we're born, for most of us, I mean, things happen, but our spine has this natural S-curve to support our structure and our frame. Now, over time with things like sitting or injuries or accident, lots of things can compromise or you know cause that S-curve to come out of alignment from mildly to dramatically. And there's lots of therapies and things that that can be done I mean people do yoga um, people see their chiropractor and there's nothing wrong with any of those things but here's a program that you can have at home and you can work through you know we say if all you can do is once a day great because doing it once is better than not doing it at all yeah. but maybe as you get as you get stronger as you feel more comfortable in doing these movements doing it up to three times a day is phenomenal because it's like your at home working resource that you can go through at any point in time that you you have, you know, ten to twenty minutes that you can work through it and begin. Um, I'll say persuading those vertebrae and your spine to come back to its natural alignment, and mm-hmm. people start to notice that you know their breathing's better, their digestion's better, they're not having headaches. Wow. Like, you know, it's not just about pain. It's just when your spine is in correct alignment, all of the body systems and functions mm-hmm. work better.
0: Yeah, so true. You know, I have a degree in chiropractic. And so for years I practiced and it was amazing, you know, when we help put the spine back in position. And then just like you mentioned teaching stability exercises, the person can have stability and so many people lack stability in their uh, core musculature in their neck and their lower back. And so they're not able to hold those adjustments. And when we start to do that, it's amazing what happens because the nervous system is what lives within the spine and it influences all the organ systems of the body. So yeah, so something all of us need to be aware of and maintaining a healthy spine is so critical to overall health. So uh, so it's great. It's great that you have a program that people can access where they can do at-home exercises to be working on this.
1: Yeah, I like to tell people it's almost like a... Like for me, because I, I mean, I, um, once I, when I started lifting and my core strength improved, I, I started to feel so much better when, of course, when those discs, um, weren't, were not no longer herniated, the pain went, but I, I use the unlock your spine program and I consider it's like, a, it's my supplement. It's supplemental yeah. to just, uh, living well, because I do, I sit a lot during the day. Then I've got my right. commute to and from work and being very work focused, I can get caught into that mindset of, or that zone where I'm just working, working, working. Then all of a sudden I pick my head up and, um, it's been four hours. I haven't eaten. I haven't moved and that's not good. So it's like, it's a, it's probably the best supplement that mm. I've ever used, um, in terms of just my spinal health and just overall health and feeling good.
0: Yeah. So good. And what are some key nutrition principles for women to have strong bones, healthy, stable joints? What are some, some key things? Ah. Implement-
1: well, I, Again, I'm going to bring up fats. We need those. Yeah. I mean, think of it like, you know, if you oil, if you don't oil a bike chain, it gets rusty yeah. and it doesn't, it does. So our, our joints need not just, not just our joints, but our joints definitely need the oils. Our entire body needs those healthy fats. So again, I'm always bringing up fats. Um, I love the fats. I think we need them. And I think women particularly, again, I think a lot of it comes to the psychological, maybe fear mindset, but I do think we're getting better. So women, it's okay to eat the good fats. Okay. Um, as well as, um,
0: if they're listening to my podcast, they know. Got to get yeah. healthy fats in. for Good, sure.
1: yes, exactly, and and you know, and that's the thing. There's so many really yeah. accredited resources. Like there's like there's your show and your YouTube channel and your books. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good people out there that know what they're talking about. That there are resources. You don't necessarily have to go and pay somebody a lot of money to sit down and get them mm-hmm. to help you. I mean, those are options too. But there's a lot of resources out there that. Show you just how simple it is that you can get yourself going. So definitely, definitely the fats, um, as well. Again, like your whole really bright, colorful foods because they're so loaded with minerals that that our body needs, and vitamins and antioxidants, um, things that are going to help absorb into bones Mm -hmm. to help keep bones strong. You know, because uh, again, with women, just being born female puts you in a higher risk zone of osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, and all of those. So as women, we really do need to be aware of that. And, you know, we know that, I mean, that's not, it's not a secret. There's all kinds of papers and research that show that women, if we don't really take care of this, this could possibly happen. So knowing that in our twenties and thirties gives us years of time to do the right things to create a really solid, stable structure, strong bones, healthy bones that can carry us through.
0: Right. So getting a lot of those trace mineral rich foods, like things like broth, uh, like chicken broth, beef broth, things like that are great. Collagen protein can be great. Sea vegetables, uh, wild caught fish, Yes. Grass-fed meats, all super rich. All of
1: those are 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 excellent. And again, the, the, you don't have you no longer. We no longer have to go to like a whole food specialty market to get these. Like our local Publix here yeah. has, and it, like the the it, at one time it was a very tiny, like organic food section, and it has nice. absolutely grown. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's it's become more commonplace, which is fantastic because it's available to everyone. And I was when you were talking about some of these foods because these are all foods. Um, that I love and are in my diet, and you know there are some people out there that are just very picky, picky eaters. They have a very sensitive palate. There's a lot of things they don't like the taste of. So, having said that, there are really good quality supplements. You know, you can mm-hmm. get um, like Vital Proteins carries a collagen a mm-hmm. collagen a supplement. You know, right. there there are very high quality um, alternatives to still get the stuff in your diet, so you don't really have to be a victim of Well, I don't like those foods. I can't eat those foods. Okay. Well, so how else can we include them? You know, here's the things you like that you're getting. So where do we where do we need to supplement? Because I also don't believe that people need to like have everything. Like I we can kind of go into that zone too, where people just think, well, they have so much and then they've got all this stuff and they can't possibly eat it all in a day because they're trying to do too much at once. And so it's important to know, again, going back to where you at in your life, what are your goals? And ultimately you want to wake up feeling well-rested, energized with the ability to not only physically but cognitively and mentally meet the demands of your day and thrive, you know, thrive and then be able to go to bed and have a good night's sleep again so your body does all of that good work at night.
0: Yeah, so true. Hey, I just want to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're gonna learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. So check that out now. You guys are going to love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. So let's talk about the uh, menopause. What is it called? The menopause rescue pro- rescue protocol? protocol. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So many women are struggling with menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, <laughs> um, loss of (laughs) hair loss, weight gain. So what are, what are your principles here for the the rescue protocol?
1: When, when I sat down, um, to really, to really focus on, okay, I want to, I want to write something and put something together. What I will say is there's no great, big, huge secret. There's no magic formula for this. If you're a woman, you're going to go through menopause, right? That's the bottom line. And I will tell women, you can go through it like like this. (laughs) on <laughs> that roller coaster, yes. or you can go through it like this because there are things we can do that, or there's things that you can do that can have an impact to help reduce some of those symptoms that you're having. Now, I've met women that have kind of sailed through it. Like, you know, they they might have the odd hot flash, their sleep might be interrupted, but they kind of breeze through it. But then in interviewing them, when I look at what they've done in their life, I think a lot of that has been that investment part that I've talked mm-hmm. about. They've just maintained such a healthy lifestyle that their body transitioned through it, but they weren't feeling like they were crazy. Um, For a lot of women that are really struggling with it, number one is, you know, you do want to speak with a doctor. You want to have some uh, baseline blood work done. You do want to check where hormone levels are at. Um, Because some women, because I don't ever want a woman to feel guilty about it, but some women will end up needing maybe some HRT for a limited amount of time to help out. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think women should feel like a failure or ashamed of it. Sometimes that has to be part of the formula. But as far as principles, this is like a working resource to kind of help women feel like you're not alone. Here are symptoms that you may experience. You may experience all of them. You may experience some of them. Some of them you may experience really bad. And we kind of break it down. Like if you are experiencing of hot flashes, let's say, is something that you're struggling with. Here are things that you can start doing now that will help have an impact and start to reduce the intensity of mm-hmm. those. It may not get. It may not get rid of them. Some women it does. They 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 all of a sudden just find wow. Just you know switching, getting some of those fats in and creating a bedtime routine routine made a huge difference in my hot flashes. You know, cutting out alcohol to a point. Uh, I shouldn't say cutting out, but maybe limiting. Okay. So I talk about, I, I, I'm very transparent in here are some things that you may have been doing that no longer actually work that well with your body and what it's going through. So we have to make some adjustments and changes. Yeah. Body awareness is key. What are the symptoms you're feeling? What are the things you're really noticing? How is it affecting you? Okay, so what can we do with your nutrition and exercise that can have the greatest impact to start reducing these symptoms to help get you through it without feeling like you're going crazy?
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, what are your, some of your top strategies for hot flashes?
1: Uh, that, the hot for hot flashes, well, exercise for sure. I mean, any kind of movement that just gets more oxygen into the body is going to help. So, and it doesn't have to be, again, women are like, oh, I just, I hate exercise. I'm like, well, do you like going for a walk? Do you have a dog? (laughs) You know, find something that you like. Most people have something that they like, whether it's yoga or some that do like lifting or some that like to go for a jog, but getting and being consistent. Like let's pull out, I have, I do, I have clients pull out their calendars and write down all the things that they can't not show up for like work. Things like that. Let's put in all the things that you have that are non negotiable. And then we look at the time, the the rest of the week and the times. It's like, okay, so you have every Tuesday from seven to nine, you have an hour. What can we put in that hour for you that you would enjoy doing? So, exercise is definitely one. Definitely um, with hot flashes, things, um, the fats, healthy fats seem to be very helpful um, in helping to reduce those, as well as, um, some adaptogens like ashwagandha, that's one that I, I talk a little bit about in, in, um, in the menopause rescue P- protocol. So ashwagandha is another uh, adaptogen that you can get, well, you used to only be able to get health food stores, but I've seen it on the shelves at Publix, and you can add a couple drops of that to a tea or a shake or a smoothie. The other thing is uh, caffeine and alcohol. If a woman is, and I'm guilty myself, I was especially like with, you know, five years of university, learned how to drink lots of coffee in a, in a day, yeah. <laughs> but reducing, because um, the minute you tell somebody they have to give something up, mm. they're going to leave, they're going to go do it anyway. So it's like, okay, how do we still allow you to have that? Without having an entire pot of coffee in the morning, so cutting back on ca- caffeine, finding alternate caffeine replacements that taste really good, and looking at alcohol consumption—those are the those are typically the big ones that we can work with to make changes to help reduce the hot
0: flashes. Yeah, all all really good information, and you know a lot of women are also struggling with with weight gain as they uh, yeah. get up in age there. And go yes. through menopause. So what, are, what are some of your best strategies outside of what you already talked about for weight gain?
1: Well, um, so okay, I did talk about the exercise. I talked about yeah. the good fats. Um, with the weight gain, because that um, it it sounds when it, when I say it, I can hear people's eyes roll. But it is so impactful because a lot of like with menopause, it does target that spare tire area, the middle. It really does affect the the, the waistline, which is mentally. Uh, it just makes women not feel very good about themselves. Yeah. And that's associated
0: with insulin resistance too. And you're getting more body fat in your belly area. That's associated with insulin resistance. If it's in more of the buttocks area, it can oftentimes be an estrogen, just high estrogen levels. Yes, Um, But yeah, as women go through menopause, they oftentimes start to struggle with insulin resistance.
1: That's right. That's absolutely. So again, this is where like blood work can come in really handy to actually give us a really clear picture of what's happening. So as far as at that level, what, what can we do? Like, is there sometimes, is there supplementation? Um, you know, is it worth getting one of those little, um, the glucose, uh, you know, that you do in the mornings yeah. to get your fasted blood sugar things. like Cause that's all just really good feedback that, um, and I think, I think, you know, most people like you don't have to be a scientist or a doctor, but a lot of there's things that are, are, have made it available to us that make it so easy for us to get that instant feedback and go, Oh, okay, here's where I'm at this morning. So here's what I should do. And here's what I really need to avoid. Um, the one thing I do want to stress in terms of that belly fat outside of like the nutrition and the exercise and having some blood work done to figure out what can be done from that, that, those fundamentals, but stress management, because cortisol is a huge culprit in all of this as well. And when our cortisol levels go up, you know, fat likes to sit and hang around and it can be, it's not, I, I often tell women, I, I, I empathize. It is, it is tougher It's more of a challenge to lose that weight going through menopause, but it's not impossible. It's just, you've got to be consistent. And we do spend a lot of time talking about, okay, so stress management, what are we doing about that? Because if you're already stressed out about things in your life, now you're stressed out about the belly fat, now you're stressed about menopause, you're stressed about, it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And this isn't doing anything to help with that. So again, it's not a cure, it's not a magic wand we can wave, but it does have a tremendous amount of influence. And what I see with women that start to practice um, coping mechanisms for their stress, their sleep improves. And it's really interesting how all of a sudden when they start getting quality sleep, their battle against that weight starts, they start to feel a little more in control of it. And they start to, although small, they start to notice that, okay, this is, it's it's taking time, but it's working.
0: Yeah. Sleep is so critical. What What are your top, let's say your top three or four hacks to help improve sleep quality,
1: um, number one is you the, the your routine. I think as human beings, we do respond well to routine, and to have a really good routine, you actually have to sort of establish a bedtime. You know, as opposed to just going through your day and then like, oh, it's nine. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. I think I'll go to bed. And then on the way to the bedroom, you stop. You fold a a load of laundry, and then you make sure. Oh, you gotta let the dog out, and you know all of that. So you have to establish a very, I'll say, strict bedtime. Now, if you're on (laughs) holidays or maybe you're out at a wedding, of course, that's not going to happen. But again, it's it's the consistency part. Yeah. Because when we have that bedtime, whether it's let's say it's ten o'clock. At nine o'clock doesn't mean you have to have your shower, put on your pajamas and jump into bed. It just means there are really some really key things we can start doing that tells our brain we're shutting down for the day mm-hmm. and the body starts to respond. So that could be shutting off the electronics. Maybe you like light music. Maybe you do a bit of reading. Maybe it is a bath with some essential oil. Um, those are those are like really that's my big hack is mm-hmm. what's the bedtime okay, what's the routine going to be? And again, that changes from person to person. I like personally for myself, um, my established bedtime is like 10 Mm o'clock. And so the electronics go off. Well, I don't have a TV, so that doesn't matter. But I, you know, my phone goes off. It's, it's in the other room and I just, I have some white music in the background. I do some, I usually go through like the unlock your spine routine. I do some stretching, something like that. I crawl into bed. I do a little bit of reading, pleasure reading, because I do so much research reading during the day that I have just like a fun, entertaining book and I do some reading and that works for me so that mm-hmm. you know, by 9:45, my brain and my my brain's ready to fall asleep and my body's ready to follow along with it. Yeah,
0: that's so good. I always tell people you shouldn't have goals after 9 p.m. Because if you have right. goals then you're gonna drive up more sympathetic nervous system hormones, more more of your stress hormones. And you're gonna get that second wind, you're not gonna be able to fall asleep effectively. And then actually um, reading before bed, it helps activate that parasympathetic nervous system. So it's actually a really good thing to do to help calm your brain, help set you up for great sleep you know dimming your lights always super critical super dark and, room is good yeah, yeah for sure and there's also research that's that that is out that shows that going to bed at roughly the same time on a nightly basis like if you were going to bed from let's say getting eight hours from let's say 10 to 6 or 11 to 7 is significantly better you actually get a lot better sleep quality then, if you were to get the same amount of hours, but change it up from night to night, right? Like going exactly. to bed at midnight and sleeping till eight, so your body really gets loves that routine. So, I oh, it does.
1: the body responds so well, to, so well. It responds so well to routine that you know. Again, when we have those moments, like maybe we're on a holiday, maybe we were out at a wedding. And so we got home late. So you might let, let's say you're away for five days. So that kind of established bedtime mm, gets a little blurred. The fact that if you have established that and been maintaining that for months and weeks and years, whatever your ability to get back on, like your, your body's response, getting back to it is so much faster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Circadian rhythm optimization. is. Oh yeah so critical for overall health. Um and so let's talk about st- your, some of your best things for helping reduce stress and cortisol levels.
1: Okay. Um stress that um I love talking about stress because A stress isn't always bad. Um, there is good stress. Like when I'm in the gym yeah. doing deadlifts, that's great stress. Right. You know, it's when the stress becomes when it starts to, I'll use the word debilitating It's a bit of an extreme word, mm-hmm. but when it gets in the way that it kind of causes us a paralysis in our life, and all of a sudden we get that foggy head, we can't, which is panic. We're in panic, we're in that fight or flight response, which then raises cortisol again. And it it really, no good decisions <laughs> really come out of that, right. that kind of mindset. But it's so very individual specific. Again, um, what, what works? Like I, I have so many friends that are so great at the whole meditation thing and I'm terrible at them. I'm, I'm ADD. So for me to actually, like my mind's constantly. And so I've actually worked with um, some very high level you know, um, individuals that they're all into the transcendental and they were going to coach me and help me. And their coaching was excellent. They're like, let all that stuff come up, let it come up and then let it go. But I, I was just terrible at it. So, um, if you have that ability to kind of be still in your space and it doesn't have to be a long time, and I'm not going to even say quiet your mind, because for a lot of us, that's just not an easy thing to do. The, everything that's going on out there ends up in here. (laughs) But if you have that ability in the morning, and like, I've kind of reframed how I think about meditation, your morning meditation could be simple as you get up in the morning, and maybe you have that cup of coffee, and you're sitting outside, or maybe you're sitting in your room, and it's just quiet, and you're just kind of in that space with yourself feeling some sense of gratitude for your day, um, having some, you know, feelings of positivity, looking forward to what your day is going to involve. That can be enough to help get people in this very calm zone to start from. Mm. Um, yeah. It relaxes the mind. It relaxes the body. Cause the minute the body, the mind gets wound up, the body's already, it's already there. It's right. I mean, this is a, this is a, a great team here. Um, so meditation If it works for you, do again, whatever works for you is what you have to do. Some people, um, like a stretching, I fought like for myself, I find getting up in the morning and a 10 minute stretching routine is that's my, that's my jam. Mm. That is what works. That is what it kind of, I feel centered. I feel balanced. I feel just, I'm, I'm ready for my day. My brain is ready. My body's ready. That's what primes me. Um, And again, nutrition. Uh, Nutrition is uh, nutrition. Can sometimes get us spun up, and sometimes if we need to be spun up, that's okay. If you're going out to run a marathon, you kind of want that nutrition's going to feel you, so you just feel like you're ready to go. But um, it's watching. I watch things like processed foods, sugars, Mm -hmm. caffeine. These are things I monitor um, because I don't. For myself and I, for a lot of people, I, I feel like they really don't do us any favors in helping us to work with our stress to manage it the best we can. Because a lot of times a stress response is to eat. And typically what we will go for is nothing that's really overly healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your, your top three favorite exercise movements that you think if everybody could do, they would dramatically improve their health? hmm
1: my top three favorites well i love um for me one one of my absolute favorites is bird dogs Mm. i love it for for core and i love it for balance Mm -hmm. um and for something that looks so benign i I think Mm -hmm. it's very impactful not just for our body but our brain
0: yeah bird dog is basically when you're on all fours so you're on your knees and your hands, and then you're basically doing like a cross crawl movement. Yes. Uh, with your opposite leg and arm, right? So if you bring up your right arm, then you bring up your left leg. So it's this opposite movement, and it's really great exercise again for core, like you said, balance. Right? It's used often yes. by physical therapists for uh, core rehab. Right. Yes. And it's also great for pre prehab. Right. So yeah, for for preventing an injury.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And it's it's like, um, like, because my top three that I'm going to mention here kind of like that anybody can do them. Um, But that the bird dog is hand it's always in my lifting warm up. Always always. Cause like when I go to, when I, when I'm working out in the gym, I like the big lifts. I like the squats and the deadlifts. I, I just, I enjoy it. It feels good. Yeah. Um, But bird dog is always in my, my warm up every mm-hmm. single time. I just, I love it. Yeah. I think it does. I think it does a body good. It's something anybody can do. You don't have to be strong to do it. Yeah. You have to be willing to do it. So bird dog, definitely. Another one that I've recently, not that recently, but probably in the last year am incorporating a lot more of is the bear holds. Mm. Um, So that's when yeah. you, yeah, I. And again, it looks to watch somebody doing it. You're like, what's that doing? But trust me, get into a bear hold and hold it for a minute.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. And so that is again, you're starting um, the yoga phrases tabletop. So you're on your hands and knees.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Then you just curl your toes under, and all it is, is is it's a very slight. It's like a micro movement. You just lift yourself up, so your knees are about inch and a half, two inches off the floor, you get Mm. that curve in the back. Again, it's a great core movement. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a similar in plank, I think, as far as what it can offer. But um, that's another favorite that anybody can do. And it's really going to help with that core strength. Cause I think core strength is something that everybody needs to probably put a little more time and thought into You know, having that we do uh, the age that we live in everything is so accessible to us here and a lot of our current careers allow us to like you know we're we're at home working on computers and so there's a lot more time sitting and these are all movements that can help kind of get that spine you know um yeah. in alignment and start strengthening the core my next one you know honestly walking
0: mm-hmm. get out and
1: walk everybody well Everybody that is able to can walk and you don't need a gym membership. You don't need any fancy equipment. You just need shoes and a place to walk and you can go do it at the mall. I mean, here in Florida, like uh, summertime, it's quite hot. So sometimes Mm -hmm. going out, I go, I walk here. I try to get my 10,000 steps in every day, either early in the morning or later, because the middle of the day, it's just, it's really hot, but you can go into any mall in America and you can see these seniors groups and their walking clubs. And I think it's fantastic. Just walk, just walk.
0: That's great. Yeah, practical things people could be doing on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, we could also throw in there squats, deadlifts, things well, like Well, yeah,
1: that. I mean those <laughs> are like if you were to ask me what are my favorite lifts, and like, I got a whole list <laughs>
0: my favorites. Yeah, absolutely, cuz they are really, I mean they're they're compound exercises, compound. right? Using multiple muscle groups and, you know, you can really get a great impact. Oh, and yeah. you can modify those movements. Um, absolutely. Depending on who's who's out there, you know, depending on if you have issues with your knees, things like that, there's all different types of modifications, but those are definitely great exercises people should do. And if you just feel like, wow, I don't even know where to get started with this, then just like you mentioned before, really getting a good coach can can help you with that.
1: Right, and start with your with your body weight. I think one <coughs> I think yeah. one of the great things that came out of COVID and lockdown mm-hmm. was that all of a sudden I think for people that maybe were just they needed the gym, like they needed that gym realize that there's a lot of things I can do at home. And I I think uh, for people that maybe started during that timeframe to do a little more exercise, realize the value of body weight, because I've I've often said in a lot of the YouTube videos that I do that, you know, if if, even for myself, if I go out into the gym, if I want to do bench press today, my bench press is my weakest, I love bench press, it's my weakest lift. There's no way that I could lift 147 pounds. There's no way I could do it. But I carry around 147 pounds all the time. Mm-hmm. so do not discount the value of your own body weight and going through proper t- form and execution to do things like a body weight squat or even um even a deadlift you know like it, it, there's so many bigger movement type of exercises we can do starting with body weight that are going to have a huge benefit
0: mm-hmm. so last question what is the what does a day in the life look like for you as, far ah. as like what time are you getting up <laughs> it's really uh, boring What, are your, meals, what are your meals typically look like
1: Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, things like that. Okay. People want to know. They want to know. You know. Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm. I'm usually. I always have my alarm set, but Mm -hmm. I I always wake up before my alarm. I usually get up somewhere between five five fifteen in the morning. It's just that's when I wake Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is when I'm most creative. So I usually before I even do anything, like before I even shower anything, I sit down and I start doing some kind of content creation because it's I'm just I'm prime. So I do that. I do have a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, then I get ready for if it's a going to the office day. I head into to work here in my lovely office here in Clearwater, Florida, and it's a full on work day. Content creation, meetings, uh, discussing new products we want to launch or how to relaunch other products. So it's it's busy and I love it. It's just busy, busy, busy. Um and if it's a filming day, I'm making videos uh, for our YouTube channels. Um I'm usually here till it depends. I'm either here till four so I can beat the traffic into Tampa or I stay later so I still miss the traffic. Mm But um I, you know, when I get home, that's I I try to, I'm not always that great at, but I try to just drop my things off into my apartment and then go, I do this huge walk. It takes me like an hour and a half because I need to get, I love being outside. I want to get moving. Um, I kind of skipped over a few things. So when I'm at work, I do, I have my workout, um, Mm -hmm. where we do. So I, I'm lucky we have a a huge gym. That's part of our offices. So I can work out. I work out. I do my hour workout. Um, my meals are always sort of pre-prepped. I usually, Sunday is kind of meal prep day. So I have a protein, like, so it could be chicken, it could be a small steak or something. And whether it's a salad or some kind of vegetables, I love Brussels sprouts, I love asparagus, I love salad. So that's kind of, my meals are good, but they're not overly exciting. It's protein Mm -hmm. and whatever vegetable I choose. Um, Yeah. Go home. I've got my, I get my walk-in. Supper's pretty much very similar. Protein, a vegetable or salad. Friday, I usually have a glass of wine, glass of white wine with my dinner. Um, and it's, I tend to do a bit more work, but at nine o'clock, things get shut down yeah. and I start my evening routine. I just, you know, maybe a bath, read a book, uh, do some stretching. And that's my day. It's not overly exciting, but it's good. <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. And people can find out more about you, of course, with your podcast, Strong by Design podcast. They can check that out. They can also find your various products: your Unlock Your Spine, Menopause Rescue Protocol. Where do they find all of that?
1: Uh, they can go to our website, uh, www.criticalbench.com. Uh, they can also find um, find me on our YouTube. We have two YouTube channels. We have Critical Bench and Critical Bench Compound. So in a lot of those videos, we provide links that'll take you to all of our products as well as we have several free reports like stretching reports and cravings reports, things that you can just download instantly and start using them right away. So um, we're out there.
0: Great, definitely check them out. They got a great YouTube channel, criticalbench.com, millions and millions of views. And you can see Tanya doing a lot of the different exercises and showing you different stretches and strengthening exercises. So definitely take advantage of that, guys. It's been a great interview. Tanya, any last words of inspiration for our audience here?
1: um, What I will say is wherever you're at right now, start there. Start there and pick one thing you want to do for the next week, whether that's you're going to drink a little more water or you're going to make a point of with your spouse or your children or just on your own. You're going to, after dinner this evening, you're going to go take a 20-minute walk. Just Pick one thing and do it for five days. And at the end of the five days, give yourself a high five and add something else, but start where you're at so that you feel the success. Because when you feel the success, you're gonna keep going. And if you keep going, things just get better and better and better.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tanya. Thank guys, you. Definitely check her out, check out her YouTube channel, Criticalbench.com and all her all her various products. We'll have that in the show notes. And we'll see you guys on our future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.